0: WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today... Here I am once again with my boss, Mary Vermillion. Hi, Neil. How you doing?
1: Really good. Yeah. Beautiful it's... day today. Here we are and we're recording this. It's the middle of August and yeah. Yeah.
0: It is the middle of August. Time just goes fast these yes, days. Yes,
1: it does as it does.
0: So we've got a podcast coming up that that I'm really excited about. I think you are, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to listen to a preview of this. I
1: did listen to a preview of it because I was working on some, um, just writing some more pieces for Explorations and a press release. So, yes, I listened to the interview between Mary Kinzer and Clyde Ford.
0: So Mary Kinzer is one of our collection development librarians, Mm -hmm. and as such, she reads Constantly. She's constantly reading books, Mm -hmm. and she's also well spoken, Mm -hmm. much. Better spoken, much more well spoken than I am. Well,
1: now um, I wouldn't say that she is. I'm... She is a wonderful interviewer um, of people, and uh, I think that yeah, she was a great choice to interview Clyde because I know she um, likes his work and is very knowledgeable about his work.
0: Yes, she is, and so we paired her with Clyde Ford, who mm-hmm. of course is the author of. This year's read and share mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. Think Black.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the author of many other books and as well. But yes, we're we are very excited to feature Think Black and um, Bellingham based writer Clyde Ford. Um, it's Think Black, of course, is his award winning memoir.
0: So it was published in 2019, but mm-hmm. in 2021. Yeah,
1: it won the um, Washington State Book Award for Creative Nonfiction. So it, um, yeah, award-winning book, um, of course, is highly regarded and, you know, won that award, but has also won a, um, acclaim from lots of different reviewers across across the country. And is just a, well, you've read it, right? I have. It's a oh, powerful yeah.
0: story about Clyde Ford's father, who was the First black software engineer at IBM. Yeah.
1: And their relationship. So they had their their relationship. Yeah. Between, you know, so it's just, you know, a story, great memoirs work, right? When you can see yourself in in the story or identify with some of it. And of course, people with interesting characters. And so it's also this story of this relationship between... He was a bit of a rebel, Clyde, when he was a younger man. So yes. he's a bit... And re- his
0: father yeah. was an IBM engineer. Right. Buttoned so down, buttoned yeah. down mm-hmm. and keeping it, keeping it down the straight and narrow path.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So just that, that story between the two. And then also just... Um, you know, of course, then talking about racism in America mm-hmm. and in technology um, and the how his father, you know, worked hard to make a difference um, and to help uh, to raise up other black software engineers who were coming into yeah. the field. And, um, you know, and also just an interesting story about just how technology is prevalent in our life and how it may be shaping some of um how society is moving forward so
0: yeah this the 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 book does a lot of things mm-hmm. it's you know it's a historical piece mm-hmm. it stands on its own as just this this period of time in america mm-hmm. um when when things were changing yeah. and and Clyde Ford and his father were right in the middle of the change that was going on in the late 50s early 60s America and beyond mm-hmm. and then he delves into some history of of IBM and their mm-hmm. you know surprising mm-hmm. um we don't want to reveal anything but there's there's a lot of surprising information about IBM and how you know what they were doing Mm -hmm. during world war ii and earlier Mm -hmm. um and but you know like you said it's a story of a father and a son Mm -hmm. who were you know butting heads that same father-son relationship that many of us have Mm -hmm. i identified with it a lot
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah and the neat thing about read and share which is you know now an annual program for Whatcom county library system um This year, there are so many ways to be able to hear Clyde talk about his memoir and about the story, Um, whether you want to just join a book talk and have him listen to him as he listen to Clyde as he describes the writing of the memoir or join um, one of his writing workshops that he's going to be leading as well. There's um, five different programs that um, begin in October and go through November they're all online, and people can uh, find out about that and register for those programs at wcls.org slash read and share, where you have all of the programs listed, Neil.
0: That's right. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk a little about read and share. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're what... just
1: assuming everyone knows what this <laughs> thing is, and we should probably give a little history. It, it,
0: so, so read and share started... What year was that that we started Read and Share?
1: It was 2019 because it was for the Library System's 75th anniversary. That's right. Yeah. So it was part of that year's um, whole calendar of, um, of events. And the library system had said, you know, well, what's a great way for us to celebrate the 75th? And of course, getting everyone, um, you know, reading a book and talking about a book together is perfect for a library system celebration. And so in 2019, um, the Wacom County Library Foundation funded the first year of Read and Share. And we're very grateful to them for that innovation grant, which enabled us to start Read and Share. And really, we thought, you know, this is, we'll just this is an opportunity to to bring together Whatcom County Library System patrons to discuss a book together, our first book was uh, leaf whitaker's my old man in the mountain
0: that's right another father son another father son yeah
1: yeah and so um then we you know again we kind of just looked at the program and looked at the response i was like gosh people really enjoyed this opportunity and so let's do it again and so um now that we're on our fourth year so the second year was heather anderson's book thirst you know Mm -hmm. she's the um Record-setting um, adventurer, um, fastest known time settings for Pacific Crest Trail and Appalachian Trail, and she's just phenomenal. Although somebody just recently beat her fastest known time on, oh. on the PCT, that was kind of interesting. I um, and I wonder, then I wonder if she'll. I don't know. I but I follow her on Instagram, and yeah. um, I haven't looked to see if she, what her response was, but probably she's just going to be like, "That's great, good for you," yeah. you know. So. Um, And then the third year was Erica Bauermeister's book Mm -hmm. House Lessons. That was last year. And so this is our fourth year with uh, Clyde Ford and Think Black. And there's a theme here, of course, and it's that um, read and share books are nonfiction books, Mm -hmm. um, memoirs uh by written by local or regional authors. And so it's a great opportunity not only to get people coming together, WCLS patrons coming together to read a book and then, but also a great opportunity for us to introduce people to some really outstanding local authors. And yeah. it's been great to do that.
0: There's so many. And and like you said earlier, Clyde Ford um it lives in Bellingham. Yeah. And he's right here. He's our neighbor. Yeah. And he's written this fantastic you know, a a great body of work, Mm -hmm, you know, he's written mm -hmm. detective novels Mm -hmm. as well as um, just a lot of nonfiction.
1: Yeah. And screenplays and just, yeah. yeah. So to be able to take these writing workshops with him that are part of Read and Share and, and also, yeah, just to get to know this person who is our neighbor and to read his full backlist. It's just a great way to, to get to meet someone here in our community who is a highly regarded author and has amazing stories to share.
0: Yeah. So I feel like I feel like we could talk about him all day, but maybe it's time to let him speak for himself.
1: Let's hear from Clyde and Mary.
0: All right.
3: Okay, well, my name is Mary Kinzer. I'm a collection development librarian here with WCLS, and I'm really excited to be joined today on the podcast by Clyde Ford. Um, Clyde Ford is a local author here in Whatcom County, and his award-winning and thought-provoking memoir, Think Black, is the selection for our Whatcom County Library System's fourth annual Read and Share program. The book was the winner of the 2021 Washington State Book Award for Creative Nonfiction, and it tells the story of Clyde Ford's father, the first Black software engineer in America, and continues through Clyde's own years at IBM. The memoir reveals how institutional racism insidiously affected his father's view of himself and their own relationship. Of Think Black, book critic and librarian Nancy Pearl wrote, using the experiences of both his father and himself, Ford frames the story of race in America over the last 70 years. And it is our pleasure to have Clyde Ford joining us today on the podcast. Welcome, Clyde.
2: Thank you so much, Mary. It's really an honor to be here with you. Um, I so have appreciated the support that WCLS has given me, and it's just great now that we're on the air to do this podcast together.
3: Well, and now this is your second visit to our podcast, correct? Because you is. talked with our host it Neil is. McKay last year. Yeah. Um And so we're thrilled to have you back. And we're even more excited to have um, Think Black as our read and share selection for this year um, to have the whole county reading your book. That's very exciting for us.
2: It's also exciting for me. I've lived here for 33 years and I never thought that I'd see this moment where there were, you know, more than a couple of people who were reading my book. So this is just a very incredible opportunity.
3: Oh my goodness. Well, it's so deserving of a wide audience. Um, and I think a lot of people after, probably after the book won the Washington State Book Award um, or after, you know, they heard you on the podcast were prompted to pick up Think Black for the first time. Um, but there are lots of folks who haven't read it yet. So tell me, what's your elevator pitch for Think Black for those who haven't read it yet?
2: Well, actually, you gave it, Mary. The elevator pitch is uh Think Black's a story about the first black software engineer in America who happened to be my dad. And it's a story which really talks about what he encountered both inside of himself and also externally in that role as the first black software engineer. And what I encountered as being the son of the first black software engineer in America.
3: Right. And that's the thing I think is so Um, wonderful about Think Black is it is a memoir that works on two levels, right? It's your dad's story and it's your story. And that personal bit of how your dad's story affected you is one of the most um, compelling parts of the book I found.
2: Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, we really tried, and when I say we, my publisher and I, my editor specifically, we tried to have that interplay in the book. So the book was this kind of um, natural relationship, tension, connection between a father and son and how that evolved, particularly over the issues uh, concerning technology and a high-tech company and a son who didn't want a father in the footsteps of his father, but ended up working at the same company for a while. So it did seem like there was a lot of great natural tension, conflict um, in that story. And fortunately, I had a great editor at HarperCollins who helped me pull that out.
3: Yeah, it's just amazing. You definitely, definitely feel that. And I thought the whole time I was reading Think Black, I kept reflecting on you as a, as a writer and as a person and thinking about what an emotional journey that writing process must have been. Uh, were there things in the writing process that you encountered that surprised you?
2: Well, I have to say this, Mary, the book actually came from notes and remembrances of a lot of work I did in therapy almost 25 or 30 years ago when I had this marvelous therapist named Joan Winter who challenged me to interview my parents as part of the work we were doing around my own um, opportunities to you know, access information and insights about growing up the way I did. So I would say that in some ways, the shocks or surprises happened way back then. And I was only getting to really put them, set them down, pen pen and paper, actually not pen and paper, but uh, computer and paper these days. And I think because of that, what was surprising was simply remembering what had happened before, and the extent to which I really was able to call back to mind some of what I had gone through, both in therapy but also with my dad, uh, even thirty years ago.
3: Mm-hmm. What a valuable process to have gone through, and what a valuable experience, because I can imagine if you tried to approach it, you know, this many years on so much of that would be lost. And that's really the beauty of the book is that emotional connection and journey.
2: I couldn't have done it without having first gone through that therapeutic process and having Joan tell me, go interview your your parents. It almost sounds like a command that you would read in a myth where you've got one of these, you know, mythical uh, figures who's guiding the hero or heroine on his or her way and says, you know, go interview your fathers. So I'm thinking of a Native American myth of the two twin sons. And the command is go find your father. And there's something very similar in that really here as well, too. I mentioned in the beginning of Think Black, this long history, uh, particularly in myth of the father quest. And so in many ways, this really was part of that, um, uh, that, that mode of being, of what it means to go in search of one's father, which in essence is really going in search of oneself. I mean, that's what you see mm-hmm. in any of the great stories, whether it's Ulysses or, or whether it's the story of the two uh, Native American twins who go in search of their father, the son. Ultimately, it's a story about finding yourself. And that's what we wanted to bring out in Think Black. That's what I wanted to bring out as a writer as well, too. hmm
3: Yeah, you definitely see that. It definitely has that quality, that mirror and window at the same time quality, which I I found really um, incredibly moving in a memoir. So we've talked about how, you know, your dad was the first Black software engineer at IBM. Um, So Think Black is very much set in a high-tech world and your father's work um, and your own work there. Um, But it's not a super techy book, um, which I think is interesting. And I wonder if um, you can talk a little bit about what aspects, if people are thinking, oh, I don't want. To, I'm not interested in technology." What aspects of the book might speak especially to them if tech is not their native language?
2: Well, I really tried to make this not a techie book. And in many ways, it was the experience of growing up in a tech household uh, that helped me there because my dad was always insistent that you should be able to explain even very complex technical things to a kindergartner. And so that began this kind of process for me, always a feeling, well, even if you have to talk about tech, you can do it in a way that's not going to turn people off. But I also made an effort to compress into one or two at most three chapters the real heavy-duty tech stuff because I did know I'd have some readers who were into tech and uh, I'm sure they'd be scanning the book to see if I made any mistakes so I wanted to make Mm -hmm. sure of that as well too so of the 15 or 16 chapters I think maybe it's three are pretty tech heavy but other than that there's so much there which has little to do about the actual tech IBM and that world is simply a background, but there's stories, for example, true stories of my dad actually uh, having a relationship with a famous Hollywood starlet. I won't I won't do a mm-hmm. spoiler alert here and say exactly who that was. Uh, there's stories, for example, about the role of technology in things like eugenics, the Holocaust, apartheid, and even in today's world, the role of tech on the wrong side of human rights with facial recognition and other kinds of software as well too. And what I try to do in those chapters is to help the reader recognize that, you know, there's some things that we as users of technology have to consider as we look at how much we are devoted to Facebook and Google and, you know, Twitter. And so that was important to me as well, too, because even if as a reader, you don't like tech, I can tell you that your world is dominated by tech. And one thing my dad always used to say is, look, you may not get your career may not be in tech forever and ever but the more you know about it the less it will control you and that is so true in today's world.
3: Oh wow that's really powerful imaging right when you think about it and it's true i think we're swimming in a world where technology is all around us and being aware of that and aware of you know that long tail in our lives is is pretty critical in the modern world i think it's really important. It is. So that brings me to talking about your new book um, of Blood and Sweat. Um, And that book came out in March of this year. Is that right?
2: Uh, April, right at the beginning of April.
3: April. And the subtitle of that is Black Lives and the Making of White Power and Wealth. Um, And I couldn't help but think when I was reading of Blood and Sweat, which listeners, if you haven't had a chance to get your hands on Clyde's new book, you'll want to do that right away. It's one of the most um, powerful books of American history that I have ever read. And um, I think that there's a lot there for everybody, even ardent students of history to learn. Um, But I couldn't help thinking, having read both of your books pretty close together, um, that there might have been some sort of tail between the two. So I'm curious how Of Blood and Sweat came to be. And and was there something that you learned with Think Black that led you towards this new project?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, Mary. And I think my answer might surprise you a little. Um, To write Of Blood and Sweat, I actually went back to my senior thesis in college, which I had done almost 50 years ago when I started writing of Blood and Sweat. And that thesis, which I majored in history and mathematics, and that thesis was actually a thesis on the early experience of Africans uh, in colonial America. In fact, it was on Africans in colonial America from 1619 to 1700. So this was something I had been thinking about for 50 years, actually longer than I had been thinking about Think Black uh, as a book. But where there is a connection, it would be that in writing, of blood and sweat, as you, excuse me, Think Black, as you know, there were times that I kind of shifted into what was some of the history, the very early history, even before technology, that gave rise to the conditions that a company like IBM found itself in. Uh, For example, when it was involved in eugenics or some of the relationship between race and technology. So where Think Black was a book That also, and I think Nancy um, Pearl said it so beautifully, helped to try to frame the discussion of race in America in the last 70 years. I also realized there was a much larger context within which to frame that discussion of almost 400 years. And I wanted to do that because I had been thinking about it for so long. And the other thing I'll say here is that of Blood and Sweat is dedicated to two men who were so seminal in my life as both mentors, teachers, and later friends. And both were incredible historians of the African-American experience. That was Lerone Bennett. Some readers may know Lerone for his book, Before the Mayflower, one of many, many books that he wrote. Also, Vincent Harding, whose book, There is a River, very important historical book. I was so pleased to be able to bring Vincent here to Bellingham in 2008 to address uh, the crowd at our annual Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Many people do not realize that a lot of the eloquent uh, words that King actually said, my friend Vincent Harding actually wrote, uh, particularly... The um, Beyond Vietnam speech, that speech was pretty much written in and of itself. I mean, most of that speech was written by Vincent Harding, uh, the late Vincent Harding, and that many people say, including Vincent, may have been the speech that marked King for death. So it, there's a very poignant moment for me when I realize, you know, that book, this book of Blood and Sweat, really stands on the shoulders of giants. And in writing the book, I felt Vincent and Lerone's presence. I used their work as a guide to mine. I was really pleased at certain points to be able to actually go where they couldn't go because the information available to me wasn't available to them at the time they wrote. Mm
3: -hmm. And this was written during the pandemic of Blood and Sweat, or how long did this take you to write?
2: Yeah, this is really interesting. I did start it um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, (laughs) I almost hesitated to say this, but I think people will understand. I didn't have anything else to do. All I had to do was you you get up, you put on your sweat outfit, your sweatpants and your sweatsuit. And all I did is do that, go down to the computer, write, do that, Go. you know, uh, whether they say wash, rinse and repeat. And so this book actually only took me about eight months to write, which I delivered it to HarperCollins a year and a half early. And they really at first didn't know what to do with it. I have again, I had this wonderful editor at Amistad, HarperCollins, Tracy Sherrod. And at first, to my chagrin, Tracy held on to it. I thought longer than she should have. But later when I realized when she released it, oh, my God, she released it at such a perfect time culturally. And I think it was simply her prescience. I don't know that she planned it that way. If she did, that's even more of a testament to her great skills and insight. But I think she released it at just the right moment because it was the moment when uh, there was a discussion, for example, about, uh, you know, critical race theory. And that's a an while the book is not about critical race theory, it lends itself to that discussion. There is now a discussion, obviously, because of the leaked Supreme Court memo and the potential for reversing Roe v. Wade about the role of the judiciary in women's reproductive um, lives. And I have to say, I was able in the book to trace that right back to the judiciary in the United States being early involved in who was and who was not to be considered a slave. And that had had everything to do with reproductive rights of women. So there're just a number of important cultural moments that we're in right now that Think Black speaks to and I'm so glad that it came out when it did even though it you know means that the book in some respects becomes a flashpoint for many of these discussions. I think it's okay for people to have tough discussions. I don't mind having them. I've even been on conservative talk radio talking about the book because I do believe in the importance of having these difficult conversations.
3: Well, absolutely. Right. And I think that um, obviously as a library staff and as a librarian myself, I feel, you know, very strongly committed to the idea of intellectual freedom and the importance of inquiry and understanding different points of view. But I think that you're exactly right. That experience of discussion and talking about hard topics and considering them together is really critical in our society. Um, And it's, it's what will help us move forward as a society. Yeah, I'd have to to agree. And I think, um, you know, sort of that leads me back to talking about Think Black and Read and Share. So Read and Share, you're our fourth annual uh, author for Read and Share. This is our fall programming um, where we all come together and read one book um, as county communities. And I'm curious, Clyde, have you had any of your books chosen for a communal reading program or is this your first, is this our first one read?
2: Well, this is obviously the first one here in Whatcom County that I've had the privilege of doing. I have had books um actually distributed to uh mass readers. In this case, I'm thinking about a project I was involved with in the Mississippi Delta where there were a number of young people who had the opportunity to read my books, and then we got together to do classes around writing and presentation. So not totally unfamiliar with that, but I've always been really enamored by that opportunity because it it is like a thread that connects people when you're reading and focusing on something similar. And it gives you this great opportunity for, I think, in-depth discussions and things which make a difference both to the readers, but also to me as an author, because I get the opportunity to engage with people who really have, I think, engaged with my writing in a way that's not always the case.
3: Right. I mean, I always think about that as an author that it must be so gratifying to have people like really reading your work deeply and then engaging in discussion and programs around your books. Like, that must be really thrilling for a creator. Um, And we're excited that you're going to be doing a number of events this fall in support of Read and Share, including, I think I heard this right, that you'll be doing writing workshops, both for adults and for teens. Is that right? Do I
2: have that right? Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to that because, again, some of this comes from what I've already done in other places like the Delta. And those were some of the really great opportunities, not just for me to read from the book. I mean, I love doing that and I do that often, but I'm also interested in finding and helping people find their voice, particularly in the written word and what that means in terms of finding their voice and finding themselves in finding their voice. So that's a very important thing for me. I think it's critical for young people, but writers of any age.
3: Right, absolutely. And that experience, I think you have a really interesting experience because you can talk about, you know, writing fiction and then writing memoir, which is so personal. Um, And one of the things I think is really fascinating about your work is you bring that sort of novelist's eye into your writing, Um, whether it's the memoir or the nonfiction, you have that novelist eye. Um, And I think that aspiring writers have a lot to learn from you and your craft, because you've been on all sides of the fence in terms of what you have written.
2: And I'm still walking along that fence, afraid that I'm going to fall off. Yeah, you're right uh, in that respect, and it's one of the pleasures that I have in helping writers of fiction or nonfiction or memoir finding how you craft a story that engages people. And I always have to remind, um, you know, folks who are beginning writers that a book that was published. A hundred years or more ago that you may love to read over and over again probably wouldn't get published in today's marketplace. In fact, a book that was published even 25 years ago might not get published in today's climate. So what do you need to know about how you tell stories, not how they were told, but how do you need to know? What do you need to know about telling stories right now? I think that's really important. And it's been an opportunity because I have written on all sides of the book, so to speak. But I've also had the opportunity to do screenwriting in Hollywood as well, too, that I've got a little bit of a sense of what it takes uh, to create stories that address people in today's world. And I want to pass that on in part because there have been some wonderful folks who passed it on to me.
3: That's so beautiful. Clyde, what are you hoping that folks get out of this communal reading process of reading, your, of reading Think Black and reading your work?
2: Well, I think the major thing that I hope really is something we talked about earlier, Mary, and that is that it's an opportunity to have discussion, maybe around some really tough issues. And I think the book lends itself to discussion around several tough issues obviously race but i think there's also this discussion about technology and the extent to which we as consumers of technology should or should not actually control the platforms that we are actually then using the extent to which those which those platforms for example may be the basis of manipulation and whether they are democratic or anti-democratic so there's a lot of i think important issues That come out of Think Black that I hope both in the time that I spend with readers, but more importantly, in terms of the way readers address the book themselves, they'll consider and maybe engage in discussion around
3: Oh, well, we're so looking forward to it. And readers will have multiple opportunities to engage with you around the book at different events this fall. Um, and they'll obviously have the opportunity to read the book in multiple formats, having it available um, through the Wacom County Library System with your library card. Um, and also to read your new book of Blood and Sweat. So both think black and of blood and sweat. Um, before I let you go, Clyde, I can't, this is the librarian in me and I cannot help it. Um, what Can you tell us what are some books that you think might make good companion reading um, with your with your work um, and or what have you been reading yourself lately?
2: Yeah, Well, first of all, thank you, um, Marion. I'm going to just answer your last question first. And that is, you know, it's sometimes a challenge if you're writing as much as I am these days to really have the luxury and the time to read. So, um, But the one book that I'm currently in the midst of that I love because I knew this individual again as a teacher and a mentor is Infinite Potential, The Life and Times of David Bohm, B-O-H-M. Many people don't realize that David was uh, a protege of Albert Einstein. And uh, again, it's a little bit heavy on the uh, quantum physics side but I love that stuff and David was a, a teacher of mine and so I've got an opportunity to kind of fill in some of the blanks that I never knew about his life how he grew up how he uh, discovered some of the really 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 important insights into the quantum world that surprisingly are just coming to light from other scientists today so I love that book it's infinite potential there's actually a film out by the same name infinite Potential. And, uh, you know, if readers want to see whether that's kind of a book they'd be interested in, I would say, go watch the film, InfinitePotential.com it will amaze you. Uh, now, the other question, what books might go along with this? First book that pops into my mind is a book that actually, I did a program at the American uh, Library Association conference with the author when Think Black first came out, and that's um, Ibram Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. I think it's a natural fit there. It's a great book, and as I said, I've, I've done programs with Ibram, and uh, he's a great author. I think he has something really important to write about. That's one of the first things that comes to mind when I think about that book. Uh, If we're talking about of blood and sweat, then the book that also comes to mind there would be the book of the 1619 Project um, as well too. And I think that's a great fit for that book. So those are two books I would think about.
3: Absolutely, and both available from our library system. Clyde, it has been such a deep pleasure for me to get to speak with you today. Um, I've enjoyed your work so, so much and can't wait to um, get to see you this fall at some events and to read more from you. So thank you very much, Clyde Ford. And we look forward to Read and Share events coming up later on this year.
2: Thanks, Mary. I really appreciated this opportunity to speak with you and, again, to be part of uh, the Whatcom County Library System's uh, program in terms of read and share. It's a great program. It's a great county. I feel really blessed to be here in Whatcom County. Incredible support from readers uh, here in Bellingham and Whatcom County uh, for the books that I've written. Thanks again.
0: Well, that's our show, friends. I hope you enjoyed listening to this interview as much as I did. Big thank you to our guest, Clyde Ford, and to skilled interviewer, Mary Kinzer. Clyde will be presenting five talks in October and November for our Read and Share program. Sign up for these live online presentations and find other videos, book club events, and previous podcast episodes featuring Clyde Ford on our website at wcls.org readandshare. Thanks once again to my boss, Mary Vermillion. We are made to persist. That's how we find out who we are. Visit our podcast page at wcls.org/podcast. Until next time, this is Neil McKay for the Watcom County Library System. Take care.